you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. One of the biggest pet peeves I have as a coach is when you're on a team that's not doing very well and the opposing coach, whose team is doing well, walks up to you at the 50-yard line and says, man, you guys play hard. You. I don't want to play hard. I want to you up. That's the mindset. No one's talking about how we play hard anymore. They're hating. And that's exactly what you want. That's my coach from the Chris Wesley Podcast Studio. It is the season finale of the Hard Knocks Podcast and Hard Knocks. And the, and the show. The show as well. <laughs> What's more important? Exactly. You decide. <laughs> um, if I had, uh, I'm Dan Hansis, by the way. and um, I'm Colleen Wolf. Hello. That's Colleen Wolf. And you, you grade very high on the give it factor. That was one of my favorite lines from the entire show. I also wrote it down. It does. That one, that connected with me. Because sometimes when you work with people or whatever in life, you want to make sure that that factor um, is at a high or an acceptable level. Uh-huh. We all got to be in it to win it. I also just going off of what Robert Sala just had to say there. Um, when coaches go up to him and say, man, you guys play hard. Okay, was it Belichick? How many times has Belichick said that to him? McDermott? Like, who was it that really got under well, his skin well, that? That's what I want to know. Let's be honest. The Jets have had two losing seasons under Salah so far, so plenty of coaches have had that opportunity to this point. But this is supposed to be different, Colleen. And right, I, right. If I could offer a one-line synopsis of the this fifth and final episode of Hard Knocks, um, to kind of an overview of the Jets in general, uh-huh. what we've seen this summer. That might be all is well in Jetland. Or if we want to add some dramatic Salayan. Okay. Salayan? Sal- yeah. Salayan? Salayan? Heft? Uh, we could call it where foolish crows come to suffocate, then free fall to their pitiful deaths. Yeah. I mean, out of context, it was weird, but when we saw the full thing, made Needed total sense. It. Point is, this team believes that's a reflection, um, obviously, of the coaching staff uh, led by Robert Sala. And these five weeks served as a snapshot of a team, Connie, an organization that is absolutely certain of its place in the NFL right now. The which, confidence has never been higher. Which, you know. Let's get into that a little bit. Here's DJ Reed, the cornerback, underrated cornerback of the Jets, um, on Monday, had a Zoom call with reporters. And he said this, I think we have the potential to be the best defense in the NFL. Just stop there. Stop there, DJ. We don't need it. But he keeps going. Honestly, I think we could be historical, not just the best defense in the league, but I think we could be a historical defense like the 85-86 Bears, the LOB, Seahawks Legion of Boom, in 2013. I think we could be that dominant if we just put all the things together. And that's the side of the ball, Colleen, that doesn't use Aaron Rodgers. Right. I know. So what I'm kind of <laughs> getting from you right now is like a little a little stress, maybe a little anxiety. I kind of need the season to start. A little bit because everyone is so confident and Hard Knocks really put together this like beautiful image of this Jets team that has everything going right. All the pieces are in place. The future is theirs to grab and take hold of and do whatever they want to do with it. You know, unless uh, something catastrophic happens, which never happens to the Jets. Right. And that's kind of the crux. It's like the Jets, they of the seven game losing streak that ended last season and the 13 year and counting playoff drought. They view themselves as major players with championship upside. But now here's the hard part, Connie. They actually have to like uh, do it. Right. So as I've really enjoyed as a fan this entire summer, the spring, everything after Rogers' arrival. Um, but I've got I got a, like some nerves now 
um, and watching this finale and seeing how high the confidence is uh, that now they got to go and do it. Here is defensive coordinator Jeff Ulbrich, who, again, gassing up this plane, Mm -hmm. uh, he believes. Guys, look around. This is it. This is it. Let's go. It's all we got. It's all we need. Guys, in my whatever 20-plus years in this league, I have never been around a collective group with such talent and such character. And that's f***ing real. Like, this is a special f***ing group in so many ways. It's our time. That's not just f***ing words on a f***ing PowerPoint. It's our time to dominate. It's time to go. Let's go! I've bought in. I'm here for it. Listen, of all of the teams... Talk me down, my anxiety down a little bit. Well, I understand this because (laughs) the first time, the year that the Eagles won the Super Bowl, they had been playing so well and everyone was so high on them and it made me feel so uncomfortable to actually hear something positive that was real and happening with the Eagles. But this team really is set up so well. Out of all of the teams that kind of... They, they grab your attention and then they stab you in the heart like the Chargers, you know, um, like, you know, the Browns have done so many times, too. But the Jets actually feel like they are about to turn this around, that they are. On the logic checks out. The precipice of greatness here. That's they what I should. tell myself. They, I, listen, they the have logic checks offensive out. and defensive <laughs> rookie of the year. I mean, everything is everything is set right now for them. The table is set and now they just have to, you know, they got to do they gotta it. They got to eat. They got to eat. I mean, should I be worried about the wall? Finish the wall. Finish the wall. Let's talk about finish the wall. All right. From the finale. So, yeah, the finish the wall situation, which I kind of love. They're going to basically take snapshots and scenes from every game every week and then put it on the wall, that long hallway that we saw in the episode. And so they did it for the preseason. And it's kind of like their own destiny is in their hands and they don't want that hallway to be filled with terrible photos and they wouldn't do that anyway. But I think that that this is kind of like a cool, nice thing. Also from like an artsy standpoint, Go ahead. I am so in on this. Like I, I wish that I could help vote uh, what pictures are going to go up and, and what wallpaper they will be using for each week. I like it. I am. You are a 77 year old woman. And Doreen. And Doreen. <laughs> Uh, Waldenstein trapped in a young woman's body. Um, I enjoy that about you. I can uh. picture you in an upstairs of an old house. In an attic. In an attic. <laughs> Locked away in the attic. Hardwood floors. Uh, heating and air conditioning. Not great. But it's okay. Because you've been given an easel and one window. And you're just painting. You know I paint. Right. Yeah. I bird watch. You bird watch (laughs) and you paint and it's an Antorine corner. But the hallway, finish the wall, that is a very confident plan uh, that they have there. Right. And again, I love it. I love that this team believes. And when Jeff Ulbrich, the D.C., talks about how special the defense is and when (laughs) D.J. Reed uh, does the same thing in a conference call with reporters, I get it. Um, but I think it's just six days to kick off and anxiety is setting in after what's been such a great ride. By the way, this hallway and a great opening opening shot in the finale, just it's a 100-yard hallway that uh, butts up against the practice field, the main practice field. And uh, Liev Schreiber, who, big year for Liev. Let's oh, go. Yeah. Let's give it up for Liev Schreiber. Not only once again, and whatever Paul Rudd in the Chiefs season, mm-hmm. get off the corner. Um, this is Liev's territory, and he got he was in the opening credits, Cryon, uh-huh. this year. He, Chiron? Chiron. I was like, Cryon is Cryon. that I missed? Opening okay. Chiron for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he took a goddamn helicopter to the practice field. Shout out Blade. Shout out Blade. <laughs> How much? Who paid for Don't it? Oh, no. Probably the guy with the seven million dollar chain he used for thirty five seconds uh, in one episode. Um, but anyway, Liev does a great um, kind of opening monologue here. Uh, HBO is almost like, how much are we paying, Liev? We gotta get we gotta get the most of him in, the, in, in episode five. Uh, here's here's a portion of it not from Liev because he's a hugely successful actor and there's all sorts of legal lo- loopholes sure. that preclude him from being. Uh, on an NFL media property like this. Mm-hmm. One day, uh, maybe. But we did get Jason Zumwalt in an old airport. It's true, the hall is dead straight, and every NFL season has twists. 
So the metaphor is not perfect, but it's not bad. Besides, the most important part of this hallway is what lies at its end. Four letters that now mean something new. J-E-T-S. Today is about learning who's earned the privilege of being called one. Wow. I love the light music playing in the background, <laughs> the ambient music. <laughs> is it just me or is that his best delivery? I think he, he likes an audience, apparently. He was in the airport doing it. Who knows where, what little space he carved out for oh, himself. Oh, he must have looked nuts. Yeah, probably. I love that. I know. We were hoping that he would be in an actual airplane, that he would have to do it from the bathroom with the, the hum of plan, the engines. Zumwalt's initial plan is fly, he was working in Louisiana, heading back up to uh, uh, Connecticut. His initial plan was to do it from an airport bathroom. And then he, and then he said to me, this is, this is great with Jay. He texted me, I'm going to send it to a guy. He has a guy that would filter out the ambient sound of being in an airport bathroom. Or in a uh, a plane bathroom. I was like, no, we want that. Oh, my God. We want the ambiance. <laughs> anyway, good job by Jay all season long. And uh, Liev, way to go, buddy. Um, so, and he was teeing up who's going to make the team. Yeah. And, and, and the episode kind of starts on a very positive note. No, yeah, I can't complain to you. You've been nervous? Man, am I? How you feeling? Feeling pretty good. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, How do you think the preseason went? Uh, it went pretty good, you know. Yeah. Well, look, man, you know the odds are stacked against you from the from the jump, man. So you did a lot of good things this camp, man. Yes, so uh, we appreciate your hard work. Mm-hmm. Just want to let you know, man, you're a New York Jet. Aww. Thank you. Welcome to the team, brother. Hey, I appreciate it, man. I had a long 20-minute drive back, man. Oh, I know, I know. No, yes, you earned it, Thank bud. You. Yes, you got, you're going to do a lot of good things for us this year. Should uh, Robert Sala be doing voice work, just as an aside? I mean, he has a great voice. Uh, Zumwalt doesn't need more competition. Let's, <laughs> let's keep him on the sideline. That was Xavier Gibson, one of the wide receivers, uh, young wideouts that made the team. Jason Brownlee also made the team and also got the fake-out treatment by, oh, by the way, oh, Joe Douglas. He's actually with the organization. We, we finally, finally saw him in episode five. He is alive and well. I remember in the, the 2010 Jets Hard Knocks, Mike Tannenbaum, the GM at the time, you actually, they were showing Mike on the field trying to catch as many punts as possible in his arms and, like, stumbling and falling. Oh, and I remember no. um, Francesa on New York Radio would be like, that's a clown show. You look like a clown. You know what? That's why Joe Douglas didn't show up until Joe the finale as the, the hero. Dark. Yes. I love, this was very wholesome and pure because we had mentioned that we hadn't really gotten a lot of, uh, you know, inner workings of the coaches kind of standing on the table for their guys. We never did, actually. We had seen that in all of the other past hard knocks, but not with this one. And the Jets were pretty clear about that from the jump. So I kind of had a feeling when I saw Jason Brownlee go into the office with Joe Douglas for his maiden voyage on the show, his first appearance, and Robert Sala, that this would be a fake out. But then it also had me wondering, because Jason Brownlee and Xavier Gibson are such close friends, Mm. Jason obviously called Xavier to tell him that he made the team. And I'm sure he told him exactly what happened, like how they faked him out. So I wonder if Xavier kind of knew that that was happening or could be a possibility. um, Because otherwise it was like, really? That's what you're going to do? Oh, my God. These guys think that they're going to get cut. Um, here's what Aaron Rodgers said. I'm really proud of those guys. And he mentioned how they didn't get big signing bonuses. They were disappointed on draft day. But to end up with a spot on the 53, and now we're a week further from the cutdown day, and um, week one is coming up on Monday night. These guys look like they're safe, um, and they're going to be on the 53, which is a big, uh, a really big moment, obviously, and something you don't see often. I, I did think it was really interesting. We never... On the on the season, we never even heard about Corey Davis. No, and the it's reason really on your radar. The reason why Xavier Gibson and Jason Brownlee both make the team, it used to be two kids for one spot, mm-hmm. and Corey Davis retires abruptly. Has a big contract, veteran guy. He's had you know really success, a lot of success, and with the Titans, not as much with the Jets, but he was supposed to be a part of it. He retires suddenly. We never hear hear about that on the show, um, or it's never really made clear why. It became two spots, uh, but it is, and and to the benefit of these guys, they get a chance, and now we'll see. 
again, it's almost weird after this very unprecedented season um, for Jets fans. We're going to see what these kids can do. Are they going to get run? Is Aaron Rodgers going to throw them the ball? Right, exactly. We shall see. And then also the other rookie that I'm super interested in now is the running back, Izzy Abanaconda. First of all, I just like his name is so much fun to say. Easy, right off the tongue. And he was hurt. He was able to come back so quick. That thigh injury where he was on the field, he couldn't even feel anyone, like, touching his leg. You know how bad, like, imagine everyone's gotten, like, either kneed or punched in the arm uh, by their buddy or some jerk, like a bully. And then it's like, ooh, it's sore. It's almost like, imagine being kneed so hard in the thigh Mm. that the trainer comes out and you can't feel. No. It's a brutal game. I can't. I can't. I mean, he was supposed to be out for a month, came back in a week. And then we had a chance to meet his family a little bit more. Nice. They're Nigerian. They talked about how they love parties. They love to celebrate, um, which I just feel like I would get along so well with this whole entire it's making family. making me hungry. That food looked yeah. so bomb. I don't know what I don't know what it was. Maybe it was some type of rice situation. We make note of this. Food looked bomb. Get it to Connie in time. Yeah. I, I, w- I don't know if it was a Nigerian dish that they were cooking, but if it was, it could have been jollof rice. Very that is nice. something I've Is that research you're doing on Yeah. Look they, at you. There's also something called puff puff, which is fried sweet, a fried sweet dough ball, which just looks like maybe Isn't that cake? like a Zeppeli or whatever? Oh, probably. Is that a New Jersey oh, term? Oh, man, that sounds so good. No, it's like Italian. Thing? Italian Jersey, New York. A Zeppeli is like a, uh, do you know... Eric Roberts, you're from, where are you from originally? Los Angeles. Zeppeli, you ever heard of it? <laughs> no, no idea. It's like you you get in a bag, oh, yeah. it's great. Yeah. I don't know, that could be a Northeast. It might be. We'll find out. We've we've come back into this cul-de-sac once more. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> uh, yeah, Tanzel Smart, the defensive tackle, who everyone really, um, that watched the show, he was impossible not to root for. Um, he does not make the team, we notably, do not see this because in you know old hard knocks days there's a GoPro in the coaches of the GM's office. Mm-hmm. Um, Brownlee Gibson, like there's a cameraman just like sitting in there hanging with them. Yeah. Like imagine what those guys were thinking. It was like, am I about to get cut with this cameraman three feet away from me? Right. But they weren't. Uh smart. There were no cameras for that. We did get though a conversation uh after the fact. Uh, and it was it was sad. It was sad, Connie, because he's holding his young daughter and we knew just from how NFL Films did such a great job tracking his story, uh, how much this would have meant to him and changed mm-hmm. his life. If he made the team, he doesn't. He ends up on the practice squad, but that was not his goal. Here is Smart. You just want to get what you deserve, you know? And I feel like I deserve I deserve to be on the 53. So if, you know, if God want me to be here, I'll be here. But if not, I need to go be on the 53. Uh. I just put a lot of good shit out there. And that's why I really don't even like, you can see my face. I'm not, I'm upset, but I'm not like, oh, devastated. Because shit, at the end of the day, yeah. I, I put everything I could into the and it is what it is. That's the human side of what makes this show so great. And, you know, that's hard to watch because how real and human it is. You say, look at my face, and his face tells the real story. He, right. He's crushed. He's completely, you can hear the frustration, but you can also see the defeat. And I think that's, like, what he's getting at when he says, look at my face. Like, I, I, I'm I'm not crushed. But it's like, yeah, of course he is. And he's felt this many times over again. And he wants this so bad. And he's holding his daughter, who's so sweet and so cute. And he's looking at her. And it's just like, I want this for him because he wants it so bad. So that kind of pulls at the heartstrings. Yeah, that I always think about it. It's one of my favorite uh, moments in the history of Hard Knocks. It was in um, the the Bengals season, I believe, the second Bengals season. Uh, defense, another defensive tackle, Terrence Stevens, um, who is a great singer, and he's trying to make it on the roster. I remember when they would show practices and, and games, he he just wasn't necessarily hanging right with the big boys. About to cry. <laughs> um. <laughs> But he's a great singer, and he um, he he sings this John Mayer song called "Gravity," and the lyrics were so poignant for the moment. And it's like gravity is working against me, Aww. gravity uh, keeping me down, and um, keep me where the light is, which was just like there were so many kind of parallels to NFL life. Mm-hmm. And I thought about that again with uh, Tanzel smart so but he ended up on the practice squad. And here's the good news, and I did the same thing last year because I remember I got deja vu. 
Um, here is the good news for us people that understand the practice squad is not where you want to be as an NFL player. But according to my uh, quick internet research, uh, the minimum for players who have accrued more than two years in the NFL or two seasons, and Tanzel's 27, he bounced around a little bit, started yeah. with the Rams. Uh, you make 15400 per week or $277,200 for 18 weeks that the player has accrued two or more seasons. Um, so that's not bad. Okay. So that's good for his family. That's good for him. And if things, an opportunity arises, maybe we see him at Jet Life Stadium. This you year. know what? I, that feels like a win. And I'm hoping for bigger things uh, in the future for him. And Quincy Williams. Sir, I want to eat a Carcucci board. Exactly. <laughs> Quincy Williams he says can buy it well. So Carcucci boards. Will McDonald and Quincy Williams walking off the field after the news broke about Tanzel. It's business. It's not personal. Right. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Um, all right. Let's take a break. Okay. And we're going to have a very special guest. Oh, my God. I'm so excited about this. I mean, this has been building for five apps, mm-hmm. and now it is time. The big reveal. After this break, the old man. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Welcome back. What a day. What a day. How's your dad doing, by the way? Oh, he's great. Ed Wolf? Awesome. Ed Wolf saw the UFO. Oh, he sure did. We'll tie that together in the conversation a little bit later. But from one father to another, he, around the NFL fans, know him well. The man that made me a Jets fan, for better or worse. And made you. And made me. You got that right, too. Cue the music, Eric Roberts. His name is Keith. He's Dan's dad. No doubt about it, he's a big Jets fan. What is he gonna say about the game today? What is he gonna <laughs> say about the game today? hey Joining us now from Spring Lake, New Jersey. A mere stone's throw from the Florham Park headquarters of the New York Jets. It's Keith Hansis, my dad. Hey, Pop. Mr. Hansis, hello. Hi, Dan and Colleen. How are you guys doing? We're doing well. Better now. Yes, we, we've been wanting to have you on the Hard Knocks podcast. Uh, we wanted to pick the right spot, and I feel like the finale, Dad, is the perfect time to bring you in as a Jet fan going back to the Namath days. And uh, first of all, what were your thoughts Let's talk about the finale. Anything from the finale that really kind of stuck out to you tonight? Oh, yeah. Well, the finale, you know, the, the thing that I really took from that finale was, was two big things. First of all, when they were walking down that hallway initially, right, when they, and they were saying that was the length of a football field, right? Right. And then when they at the very end, they showed how then they were sequencing, putting pictures in up to with the hard knocks and then they were going to put more pictures throughout that hallway as the season progressed i thought that was pretty cool because that was such a long hallway yeah but the big thing i got well, the biggest thing i got was sala i thought when his reference to mount everest mm. you know the analogy of you know climbing to the top of mount everest and you know the the jets you know that they really need this is really the first time in so long that they have, you know, good hope in the preseason going into the season. Yeah. With Rodgers. And he pointed out, Connie. And the rest of the team. They've only gotten to the base camp right now. Right. <laughs> There's so much farther to go. And, and Dad, you mentioned that hallway. We talked about ba- it. Right. The base camp. Uh-huh. Right. We talked about it at the beginning of the show how that hallway and how they're going to put up photos celebrating each week, big moments from each week. It's kind of like that could backfire if the season doesn't go well, but at the same time, they don't think about that because there's so much confidence 
around this team. Can you ever remember as a Jets fan that an off season and they've had a lot of down years, obviously, but there have been years where from Namath uh, through some of the Ken O'Brien years, Vinny Testaverde, Pennington, even Mark Sanchez, there have been moments of excitement for this, this fan base, but do you ever remember it ever being like this? Well, when it comes to the Namath years, you know, uh, right after the Super Bowl, they made the playoffs and then they lost the tough game to Kansas City. And then the following season, 1971, you know, all uh, the Jets had really high hopes because they had a strong defense and a great offense. And what happens in preseason? Namath trying to make a tackle. In those games, six games were played in preseason. All right. Oh Unbelievable. My God. <laughs> he tries to make it. Yes. He makes it, tries to make a tackle uh, of Mike Lucci, uh, the linebacker of the Detroit Lions, and he tears up his knee and he missed almost the whole season. So that to me, that was like everybody was looking for that season to be such a, uh, to come back uh, season for them. And then of course, you know, after that, Namath had a couple of more good years, but that was, you know, the team was never the same. Well, listen, I've been watching Danny, as you call him, and I feel like when you're on and when yes. I'm around you, I have to call him Danny. Danny kind of worked through different emotions while watching Hard Knocks, going from just the excitement of the fact that it was about the Jets and then working slowly towards a little bit more of a stressed out situation because so much is now around the Jets. There's so many spotlights on them. So for you, I just want to know your experience. Has this show given you more confidence or more anxiety about the season coming up? No question about it. More confidence, totally more confidence. And mm. let me just say one other thing about, you know, about you said how the Jets fortunes, how was I looking at the, with, when it comes to Danny, all right, that's when the Sanchez years came in. That was big post name that, that we thought was going to something ha have something happen. But yes, this watching this show, I was definitely on a high. Yeah. I bet. What about your opinion? Yes. I remember being in the garage with you, Dad, at my old house in Culver City, and it was a Thursday night, and I had a TV set up, and a, and a, we had the uh, the heat lamp set up, and it was me, you, uh, our dear departed friend Chris Wessling, Greg, and Mark, and we were watching the game. Colleen was mm -hmm. at Lambeau Field while this was going on, and we were talking about the Packers, and Right. famously called uh, the coach LaFleur a bearded boy, which was great. <laughs> but also in that conversation uh, that was always uh, brought back up that you, you said that you didn't like Rodgers. He's arrogant. That was the word. Hey, Danny, I don't like that Rodgers. He's arrogant. Um, has your opinion changed at all on Rodgers over the past uh, four or five months or even the last five weeks with this show? You know, you're absolutely right. I did have that feeling because he does have that sort of rough edge to him. But not seeing the different side of Rogers, which we saw in Hard Knocks, was big. All right, you see how he was uh, not only to his teammates, but the coaches, and then players that come, even in preseason. You see the way they all go over to him and embrace him and say hello. He says hello to all these guys. You know, it's like he's not that same guy that had that attitude in Green Bay. I don't know if that's what I'm seeing differently, but he certainly. Uh, he's a totally different guy, I think. It's a lot Maybe like, I just didn't know him. It's like watching Dan at work. Everyone kind of comes up to Dan. They gravitate towards him. They're giving him high fives when he walks in the building. Everybody loves Dan. But I, I'm like uh, Rodgers when he was uh, the tail end of the Packers. I just tell everybody to get away from me. <laughs> You know what, though? <laughs> Mr. Hansis, I have a question yeah. for you, because for years and years and years, Dan has been telling us about his hometown where you live now, Spring Lake. <sighs> Um, would you describe it as a coal town as Dan has? Well, Pearl River is where I grew oh, up. Oh, Pearl in New River. York. I'm so, yeah. so Pearl sorry. Yeah. Is that a yeah. coal town? Uh, well, that was Danny's description of Pearl <laughs> River. You know, I, I never saw any uh, coal mines in Pearl River or anything, but I guess Danny was referencing it to some other things that he was equating it to. I'm not quite sure. And Colleen, you can call me Keith, please. Right. Okay, great. Great. <laughs> the best part is my dad never really had any issue with it, but my mom, Deb, she'd be like, I don't like that you call it a coal town. <laughs> um, dad, um, before we say goodbye, you yes. know, Joe Namath, your two heroes growing up, Namath, Mickey Mantle, okay? Namath, right. towering figure um, in Jets history. 
Um, I think Aaron Rodgers, if he ever, if this ever ended best case scenario, um, and, and he took this team from where they were last year to a Super Bowl title, I think he would have clout as a New York athlete that maybe you don't touch Namath because it was a different era too, but he would be a legend uh, in New York. Uh, you, you agree, right? Like Rodgers has a chance to enter rarefied air. As someone's been watching the New York sports scene for a long time, uh, that would put him in a special category that only a few enter. Absolutely. You know, if, if he can take this team, uh, which, uh, you know, this, they have one of the toughest schedules, which you, I know you guys have talked about. And if he can take them to like 11 or 12 wins, I'm hoping for at least 11, you know, this would put, put him in a total. I would definitely be, uh, there's no other jet quarterback. I'll put it this way. Other than name that could do, do what he can do. Uh, Rogers, what, what I feel. So yes, I would, Put him right up there, Jack, next to Joe. Because who else on the Jet the quarterbacks over the years could even, you know, could you even put there? You know, Testaverde had some good years, but you know, pretty much they've had some guys that really would nothing really. And I hope that right. No, nobody really. What do you got? Well, I was just gonna say, I wish that we could have Keith on a show every week. He's so much fun. Let's get him on I retainer. Had such a blast hanging out with your dad before the Super Bowl this past season. <laughs> he told us so many stories. Yeah, that was fun. About you growing <laughs> up, and it was just like a delight. So anytime you want to come on any of these shows, I mean, even shows that I'm not on, you should come on. <laughs> Open well, thank invite. Thank you very much. I- <laughs> I appreciate that. Let's end it this way, Dad, because um, you introduced Jets fandom to me, and I learned a lot about Namath from you and watching old clips over and over and over. Um, I was hoping we'd see Joe. Um, I thought I was hoping we'd see him at the Hall of Fame enshrinement uh, where two Jets went in and they played in the Hall of Fame game. We didn't. I was almost certain we'd see him on Hard Knocks, uh, but we didn't. I hope everything's good with Joe. Um, but since we didn't see Joe in these episodes, um, other than a little quick clip at the top of the show, at the top of the season, I want to play my favorite Namath clip uh, for you, Dad, as a, before we say goodbye. Hit it, Eric. Okay. Uh, sometimes they talk about drinking and conniving around with ladies and stuff. And it seems almost un-American to me for a bachelor not to you know, go around uh, having a drink with a lady now and then. And why all of a sudden that's become an evil in me? Just trying to get by. Look at that shot. And he buries the shot, Dad. Iconic. He buries he, the Billy be- shot. He buries the shot, and if that isn't the if that isn't the nineteen seventies, nothing is. And that was just <laughs> typical of the way things were in those days. That it was really good. And I did get to meet Joe one time when they used to train in Long Island at Hofstra University, and uh, a good friend of mine was on the Hofstra football team. And I'll just say this one thing quickly. He said. Keith, you want to meet Joe? I said, are you kidding me? Are you t- asking me that question? And I said, of course. And he said, well, listen, he the, the he has to be in by 11 o'clock in the dorm. And they were in the Hofstra dorm just with a, a college guy. Long Island. Yep. And sure enough, in a big Cadillac, Joe comes pulling into the Perfect. parking lot, gets out and starts walking up. And we're right at the doors. And I said, hey, Joe, how you doing? And he's, hey, um, you're my favorite player. And here I'm there. I'm about 18 at this time, right? And I'm saying, get out of here. You know, right? very friendly, very nice. So that's that's my name of the story. Wow. Aww. Did he make curfew, Dad? Did he make curfew? He made it because it was right at 11. <laughs> so, and sure enough, like he's he said every time, it's the same exact thing. He, the car came peeling into the parking lot. <laughs> literally, you heard it. And then out of the car, into the, and he got in, of course, at 11 o'clock. Wow. So, yeah, that's Just a true story. Well, from one legend uh, to another, Keith Hansis, thank you for joining us, Papa. We love you, Keith. Thank you. Thank you very much. That There you go. My dad, I, I love that Hofstra story. Uh, uh, two, like, 18-year-old kids in the 70s waiting for uh, the great Joe Namath to roll in. Um, so good. He said 11 or 12 wins. Yeah. He's feeling good. But, like, I will, I will say that um, – if they win 11 games and it you know go quietly in the playoffs mm-hmm. it won't feel like good enough to me like i think they the bar is high enough now where not only do they have to get back to the playoffs they got to make a little bit of noise okay and then you dream big for something beyond that so just making the playoffs would be a disappointment a little bit okay Let, a little let's get to uh, do you disagree 
No, I, I, I agree with all the fanfare and everything. But I think, too, that is why some teams sometimes don't want hard knocks because they think that it's going to. We'll get to that. Too much. Let's pressure. sit on that. Let's get to our final okay. uh, MVP. <gasps> this is it. Uh, votes. And this is a major episode for Eric Roberts. Vector voting system. Mm hmm. Well, I mean, first of all, he came into this episode extremely strong. He was able to navigate all sorts of technological issues going into our screening room. Mm -hmm. He figured out how to work the theater, which neither one of us know how to do. Mm -hmm. We just kind of sat there and heckled him while he did it. That, so, was, the, that was my favorite part of the season. Really great job. You guys <laughs> cheering me on. Oh, I, thought you were I thought you were just setting him up to mention that he forgot to turn on our mics at the beginning of the taping of this episode. <laughs> you can't win them all. <laughs> yeah. Magic of podcasts. Eric's done wonderful work, work all season. Um, his job is to be the mathematician of the group, tabulating the vector voting system. Better him than us. Let's do our votes for okay. MVP, and then once we hand out these uh, three uh, prize places, uh, Eric will share with us the Hard Knocks MVP. Okay. Third place for me this week. Let's hear it. Robert Sala, the motivator. I would play for that guy any day. I, like Keith Hansis, Loved the Mount Everest analogy. At first, mm -hmm. I thought it was maybe going to be cheesy, but the way that he explained it and landed that plane, perfect. Mm -hmm. And plane. then Jets. Exactly. Uh, um, and then you know that, that the finish the wall, I mean, that has to be his idea. So, and I think that that is like an onion type idea. So third it place, is. It's, Sala. It's kind of putting yourself out there. And, and we talked about it around the NFL that very rarely does a coach get three years, if you don't make the playoffs in right. any of those first three years, you're gone. They have not made the playoffs yet in his first two seasons. Sal has a lot of pressure on him, but you could tell he believes that this is the right team. I had him as my second-place vote. Okay. So Salah does very well in our voting. Enough to win it, we shall see. Mm -hmm. My third-place vote goes to, you know, I, I love this defensive line. Love. All season long. And by the way, if I could really, can we just quick aside here? If I really had to hand out one MVP for MVP for season five, it's Colleen Wolf. Oh, whoa! Who absolutely <laughs> nailed her prediction uh, slash wish that they end Hard Knocks Thank season you. finale with a trip to Broadway. Thank you. And what do we see in the first fifteen damn minutes? Aaron Rodgers, Zach Wilson, a host of other players. At the MJ show on Broadway. You nailed it. My dream. This is all I wanted. Your and show business, baby. Your box office. Like, on one hand, I would love to be like, yes, this prediction was so awesome. And I I knew it was going to happen. I saw it before it even happened. <laughs> but also, it's like, I would like to believe that maybe I planted this seed. And they were like, you know what? That is a great idea, Colleen. We will all go to Broadway. <laughs> so uh, here we are. And we don't know for sure that's not what happened. I know. But Maybe either we'll way, this is the power of putting things out in the universe and seeing them happen. So there well we go. This was like this was so awesome. Like I love this defensive line too, and I'll let you keep going. With yeah, I was going to say Tanzel Smart was one of the people there. Uh -huh. uh, Mr. Carcucci board himself, Michael Clemens. Um, I don't know. Was Clemens there? I'm not positive, but I just is it more. <laughs> we saw him in a different part of the show. A, a general like <laughs> shout out to the D line. Last week I gave it to Smart, kind of representing the D line. I'm giving it to Michael Clemens for a birthday wish to uh Sauce Gardner that kind of sounded like a death threat. Let's listen in. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn! It is Sausage's birthday, though. Sausage? Did he say? I think so. Damn. Damn, 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 damn. Smirk. Happy birthday, bro. Happy birthday, bro. Here we go again. Happy birthday, bro. I hope you have a great day. I appreciate it, bro. Sauce not, not making eye contact. No, won't look at him in the eye. And if you're There's not There's more to that this, story, like, by the way. Clevens has him by the chest, like by his jersey. Right. It's really funny. This is Sauce Gardner, who is arguably the greatest young defensive uh, star in the sport, <laughs> entering his second season, um, being grabbed by the jersey collar mm -hmm. and refusing to make. It's like my dog when I come home and he chewed something up. He just he won't even look at me. 
<laughs> I don't know what the backstory is between Clemens and Saul. It seems very pretty clearly like a bit. Yeah. But I just like the idea that like there's a whole other thing that's been going on through training camp that we were not privy to. So all we have is that with no context and I loved it. But I also did not see Sauce laughing at the <laughs> at the bit, quote unquote. So I don't know what the story is. Sometimes a bit is only a bit to one side. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So uh. <laughs> this actually works perfect because my second place vote and I guess if we're going to do D-line. So you had it for the full D-line or Clemens? I gave it to Clemens okay. on behalf. Okay. So I'm going to go with Solomon Thomas here. Oh, yeah. He's had a nice run. He was sort of, I would like to think that he was the leader in getting this Broadway show and, and the field Feels like it. to happen in general. And they went, they saw Michael Jackson. Uh, I think Solomon Thomas said that this was his fourth time seeing the show. So avid uh, show watcher mm-hmm. and, sh- and Broadway guy. But it was just so fun to see all of the players out in the wild and at a musical too. So they're dancing, they're singing. I just wanted to know though, the people in the audience that were sitting behind the players, mm-hmm. they had to deal with all of the hard knocks cameras. Like, oh, they, I would they have seemed been a little annoyed. Very annoyed about that. That would have been absolutely on my radar. Um, so I don't know how they felt about it, but it was something that probably not a cheap ticket. No. You know, to the MJ Broadway show. Nathaniel Hackett had on a sport coat. That was cute. Yeah. I loved it. Yep. Um They taught the Solomon Thomas how to moonwalk. That was that was the part that I liked though. And he was not good at it, but it was funny. Um I should before we move on to our second and first place votes, um I have a prize for you. I have a I have a yeah. A prize? It, or a, a surprise. It's a it's a surprise and it's also a, an award for being so prescient with your prediction. Yes. Um, earlier this season, the premiere, in fact, um, we had a certain player that wears number eight on the Jets uh, wearing a certain hat that you thought was cool. <gasps> so behind the scenes here at uh, no NFL way! Media, uh, the, yes, the hat that says cherish the little things, a gift from NFL Media. Stop! Are you serious? Look at I that. love this. I'm going to wear this all the time. First of all, it's <laughs> black and white, so it's going to go with so many things. Including this outfit currently I, wearing. Yes. I love baseball hats. I love trucker hats. This is going in the rotation. I love this. Thank you. Oh, all right. What would you get me? Um, My presence is the gift. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So you, you deserve that, Colleen, for that prediction. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I but deserve that fail. too. I owe you. Here's this, so this uh, visitor's person. badge because I forgot oh. my pass today. <laughs> Thank you. That. That's perfect. We're even. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, like I said, I had Sala second. Um, okay. You had second place. Solomon Thomas. Solomon Thomas. Uh-huh. First place, who do you got? Aaron Same Z's. We both have Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers. I just... I mean, he was a staple throughout this entire series, clearly, but the UFO story mm. alone really drove home my first place MVP vote for him. I have to say, Colleen, I got something else here. <laughs> what else is over there? This is like oh, Christmas. My banana just fell. Um, <laughs> Not a euphemism. You know how many? <laughs> you know how many like? Uh, <laughs> you know how many things have happened this year where I've thought to myself, or this, during this show, like, I feel like this was made for me. Like, it's a show about the Jets and. You know, the, all these different things. Uh, this Aaron Rodgers, uh, eight, the, and, uh, the UFO <laughs> tidbit from Aaron Rodgers felt like I was watching Unsolved Mysteries, which yeah. is like my favorite show. Robert Stack forever. Robert Stack forever. Um, I wanted to bring in this Leslie Nielsen uh, autographed photo that I believe, what? I say it was my sister or my brother maybe, or maybe my cousin. It was a family member. This is real? It's signed. Uh, my son was born in 2014. Jack, luck and laughs, Leslie Nielsen from Naked Gun, who was prominently discussed uh, by Nate Hackett and company as a legend of the form. Now, here's you want to talk about Unsolved Mysteries? That's so cool. Um, Leslie Nielsen died in 2010. Uh huh. My son was born four years later, so I don't know who signed this or if Leslie. I don't know. I just want to say that uh, Leslie Nielsen. Um, you got this gift before Jack was born? I got it for his his birth, yes. Leslie Nielsen signed 8, eight oh, by 10 glossy. Gotcha. Four gotcha. years after Leslie passed. <laughs> wow. So somebody, my my son's name did not create, like exist in the ether 
when Leslie left us. So what an unsolved mystery! That's this an unsolved is. mystery. Now another unsolved mystery: Aaron Rodgers uh, with his old Cal teammate oh my God. in the New Jersey woods, uh, seeing something that changed them. <laughs> we had this great dinner at his house in Jersey. I was making my way to bed. And I had like a 5 a.m. wake up, uh, and I was I was getting down to bed. I heard this alarm in the distance going off. What is that? Uh, it just didn't seem like normal when I heard some rustling downstairs. So I got up, walked downstairs. It was a beautiful night. And Steve and his brother and I walked outside, and up in the clouds, you know, we we heard this sound and we saw this tremendously large object moving through the sky. And it was like a scene out of Independence Day when uh, the ships are coming into the atmosphere and they're creating this like uh, kind of explosion type fire in the sky. I am on the edge of my seat. My heart is pounding, Aaron. I need more? More, more. Anymore. We stood frozen, the three of us, on the front stoop of, the, of Steve's house. And about 30 seconds later, we heard the real recognizable sound of fighter jets going. Shoo, 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 shoo. That seemed to be chasing this object. Um, and again, we just stood there what in just the disbelief object? for another few minutes. Nobody said a word. And then we all kind of looked at each other like, did we just see what we think we just saw? <laughs> what was that? You saw it. You definitely saw it. That's what it was. That was a UFO. Now, Rogers obviously has taken his fair share of slings and arrows for being a little bit out there. Mm -mm. And I can understand why a certain, like a doubter, a skeptic might say, oh, that's the guy who's going to lead you to your first Super Bowl in 55 years? Yeah. You're damn right that's the guy. You know why? Because he's seen the light. Because he's right. He's right. Um, that story was insane. You know what? A good music cue goes such a long way, by the way. That was very stacky in Unsolved Mysteries. Good job. Bravo, as usual. They, films. they really, really set it up well. I mean, but I believe him. My dad has seen a UFO. And Aaron Rodgers even said in that whole retelling of the story right. that they were right by a nuclear power plant, like a few miles away from one. And that is a noted area. They love of going there. UFO Ali activity. Classic alien behavior. Exactly. And that's where my dad saw his because he was in, it was in the middle of the night, Ed Wolf manning the air and traffic he, control tower. He's a straight shooter, Ed Wolf. He is. He yeah. does not, like, he doesn't exaggerate about things. He's not a, a storyteller uh, that, like, you know, just adds in fake details. He doesn't embellish for the sake Never. of the story. Yeah. Never. And he's even, like, sometimes a little bashful about telling the story. And he's at an air traffic control tower in the tower in the middle of the night. And it's at a missile silo because that's where he was stationed during Nam. And he sees. He just said, <laughs> He sees this bright light that's not on the radar, and he's sitting with someone else, and he sees the light zigzag across the sky and then disappear. And he turns to the guy next to him, and he said, "Did you just see that?" And the guy goes, "Unless you want to go to Vietnam, we didn't see anything." <laughs> that Nobody was wanted to go to Vietnam. That was it. Yeah. By the way, you can only say Nam if you actually battled. In During Nam, <laughs> he was uh, manning the nuclear missile silo. <laughs> I Listen, man, and it's coming out more and more. <laughs> and Doreen. And Doreen. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Ed, I believe you. I believe your story, and I believe my quarterback mm -hmm. saw something he wasn't maybe supposed to yeah. see. Are we allowed to be talking about it? Who's watching us? These they, are all questions. They are. Of course they are. I know many people who have seen one. All right. I think not to take the air out of the balloon on this one, but I think it's pretty clear who the MVP of the season is. But why don't we go five to one, Eric Roberts? And, and according to the vector voting system, because I'm just going to say, Connie. Yes. No, I don't want to step on it. I okay. have in my mind, my mind, who is the runner up, uh, I guess, that I have. Um, but let's hear 
Okay. Um, I actually think I know. I'm gonna write it down. What one, two, three is. Okay. Okay. I'll I'll do the same thing. All right. Here we go. So uh, how about you go one to four? Because after four, it's a, b- a big okay, old that, tie. Start at four though. So I'll start at four okay. for you guys. Uh, right. Let me just make sure I have this written down for posterity. <laughs> Okay, um, I am good. I have my, th- I'm like the mentalist right now. I'm writing it down. I love that you call me Aunt Doreen, but like you're writing stuff out and you have uh, Leslie Nielsen, a framed photo of hey, I'm with you on the writing, man. I love I love writing notes. <laughs> there you go. Okay, fourth place, guys. <laughs> Quinn and Williams with 12 points. Q. Q. Okay, I would have guessed that too. I didn't uh-huh. go to four, but that makes sense. He had a great year, defensive lineman. Um, it's Sauce Gardner who has arguably the highest upside of all these defenders and the guy that is the kind of face of the defense. But Q is a star who just got paid and really showed himself well in this series. Just like a nice guy. A baby face personality. Had a pretty funny line awesome. in the last episode. You don't love me. You love that I get you sacks. Basically. Yeah. Right. Like, to, you love uh, what I do for you. <laughs> to um, Mr. Hackett. Yes. Third place. Hi, my name's Nathaniel Hackett. Thanks. Uh, Bang! It's nice to see you out here. <laughs> yep. So none other. He was he was always good for a good one-liner. So he, he, you know, that is the power of Nate Hackett, offensive coordinator, and what a great uh, job this show did, kind of uh, rehabilitating some of his public image after the Broncos. Him and Rogers, they yes. biggest winners. I just want to fly show. around like a butterfly. Exactly. Me too. <laughs> Hack. Uh, okay, so Hackett gets third. He consistently he was a little quiet in the finale, but overall. Week after week was delivering one-liners. I'm not surprised. Second place. Second place, guys. Robert Sala. Sala. There you go. If you ain't got no haters, you ain't popping. That's right. Sala, I think he also acquitted himself very well, Connie, this season. He absolutely did. Leader uh, of men. I And he should be doing way more voice work. Well, Jason opinion. doesn't need, again, more competition. <laughs> which means, of course, first place. And the last year, the winner of the Hard Knocks MVP was somebody. Probably Jamal. Was it Deuce? Dan Campbell. Deuce? Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell. Okay. This year, <laughs> 2023 Hard Knocks MVP, Aaron Rodgers. Woo! Yes, yes, Aaron Rodgers. He's Not... going to be so excited about it. Look at, oh, look at this graphic. <laughs> I mean, Eric, the dead mics at the top of the show, completely forgotten now. Yeah. Look at that. Hard Knocks MVP, <laughs> number eight, with a big old smile. He's just so happy to receive this honor out of all of his honors. And he, look, he gets another MVP, which is great. And that's, let's yeah, <laughs> takes us to, yes, he's got five now. Takes us to final thoughts of the season, Colleen. Uh, what, what did he get, by the way? How many points did he finish with? Do you have that? He on? finished with 42. And and Salah had Salah had a, a distant fourteen. Whoa! So it's not Holy close. I didn't even. Yeah. I thought we were kind of like we're a little. The problem was you in guys spread out the like the points behind first. Pretty like uh, so it was never Salah like a second, second, second. It was always like Aaron and then like a mismatch of like. See, two that's through the four. vector yeah. voting. Vector voting system, but that. I mean, if we would have come to any other conclusion other than Aaron Rodgers is the MVP of the show, we would have been. It would have been Frauds. the vector voting system would have been torn asunder. Yeah, he was the MVP. He deserved to be the MVP. Hopefully, he's the real MVP in real football starting next Monday night against uh, Roberts's Buffalo Bills. Hold on a second, though. Yes. Are we paying off? What did you have written down here for your predictions? Oh, close. I had Rogers Hackett Sala. Oh. What did Hackett have? Twelve. Uh, it was uh, 14 for Salah, Hackett for 12. Quinnen and Hackett both had 12 points. And and Connie, she did it again. Nailed it. You get that hat again. I was going to take the hat away, <laughs> but now you get it. It's mine. <laughs> Cherish the little things. <laughs> Starting with Aaron Rodgers wearing that in episode one, I thought yes. this was a great platform for him. And it feeds into my final thought, Connie. Um, teams need to relax. Teams need to stop taking themselves so seriously. And I include the Jets on this. Okay. I mean, you are not in charge of the Manhattan Project here. You you are a football team, and Hard Knocks is a program that should not be seen as a distraction or in any way an impediment to your goals and the said goal of hoisting the Lombardi Trophy in February. Or, Connie, to look at it another way, if having NFL cameras on your property for like a month is enough to sidetrack your summer and somehow uh, booby trap the season to come. You were doomed anyway. Yeah, bigger problems to worry about than the hard knock camp. So to all the teams, and I hated it as a hard knocks lover, um, 
that the the enduring storyline leading up to the season was like, who's going to do it? They can't find anybody. Mm-hmm. Please, teams, look at this as the golden opportunity that is so clearly is to show off your players and coaching staff and ownership and fans and your state-of-the-art facility and your team history. In short, let NFL Films cook. You'll be better off in the end. Yes. Isn't this whole thing what we do? We talk about a game. A game is entertainment. This show is entertainment. We're in show business. Or as Herm Edwards once said, you play to win the game. You play to be on hard knocks. That's exactly right. I nailed that. (laughs) And, you know, we did get a little bit of less access from the Jets also. And I don't want that to be the start of a a new trend now. Let these teams, let the NFL Films crew do their job and kind of everybody will win. Mm-hmm. Does you think anybody watched these five episodes of Hard Knocks or any of the past season, maybe the Brown season, you would come out of the thing a little different about the team. <laughs> Hugh Jackson and Greg Williams going at it behind the scenes. Yeah. Uh, but it's it makes it p- paints you in a positive light if you are a team that it has its together. Right. And I think the Jets do right now, and, and that's what's so exciting. And I think that it shows confidence in an organization if you say yes to hard knocks. It shows that you don't have anything to hide and you're not worried about distractions because you have what it takes to go and win when it actually matters and that this is really just base camp right here Mm -hmm. before we get to Mount Everest. And you know what else? I would like to see more off-site gatherings like Broadway. So to the future producers of hard knocks, please take us off-site. And I want more field trips. You want more full. See, I don't need that as much. Really? I thought I they did a good, good job of kind of reining that in a little bit this season. What I would like to see in the future is more behind the scenes. I want to see more yeah. table pounding and things like that. Um, I thought they kind of got it just right with we went to Broadway. We, we did some charcuterie. I did. Uh, love we got that. some tattoos with Will McDonald. Mm-hmm. Um, it was nice. They did a nice job. It was a, a, a very enjoyable. And it was very. And, and they absolutely crushed the Sopranos open. Oh, like they did New York. Well, that's the other thing. Like I said, Leslie Nielsen name dropped. OK, my favorite comedic actor ever. Loved him so much that from beyond the grave, he autographed a, a glossy <laughs> for my newborn son. Sopranos, probably my favorite show ever. Yeah. Jets, my favorite team ever. You've always loved Hard Knocks, too. And Colleen, my favorite person. Hey! Yeah. Doing a show with you, being lucky enough to do that. I uh, Really, it's pretty cool. You know? I'm sad that it's over. I am, too. But I do think that we have one more piece of business, do we, to get to? Do we? Um... Because when I think about New York and the Northeast, I think about the food. Mm -hmm. People always ask me, you know, do I miss Philadelphia and Philly right down the street from New York? And I say, yes, of course, I miss my family. But I miss the sandwiches. I miss miss the carbs, the the dough, (laughs) any type of bread item, please. So what do we we got here? Whoa. What do we have here? Get a camera on this. Okay, so <laughs> we have some food being delivered that is... What do we got here, Colleen? I honestly don't know what we have. Is it a Taylor pork roll situation? It's a Taylor pork roll. Oh, and disco fries. See, and I, disco fries. Disco fries was not like part of my Philadelphia life. So thank you so much, Parker. What is on a disco fry? Let's. That looks like... Um, <laughs> well... Look at this, Colleen. Let's get a picture of this. Um, this is basically New Jersey staples. Uh, Parker, yes. can you get in the shot there? Staples. You tell of, her to get in or get out. I said in, but she, oh. she, went, she went running. <laughs> um, staples of New Jersey diners. There's nothing more New Jersey than diners. And, um, and what do we have here? So it's like in a breakfast sandwich of sorts. With is this Taylor pork roll? Yeah, this is and it. And so a uh, Taylor pork roll, egg and cheese. That's everything you would ever want in a sandwich. Mm-hmm. And Taylor is a brand of pork, but everyone just calls it a Taylor, right? I don't know. My dad calls it Taylor pork roll, like the full name, yeah, I think which I think is um, not popular. Where did this come from, <laughs> by the way? It just got wheeled in out of here, into this uh, studio. This is uh, courtesy of The Huddle, our, um, oh. our nice people upstairs that the fine keep us people. fed and hook us up with all the great food from upstairs. That is Love Ariel put it together. Kleiman, Schneider had their hand involved in this. You know, well, so I feel like we every, should a lot of people at pull least this try a bite us. here, right? So we want, eating with a mic is always weird, but I don't know. Do we say bye and then bite? Yeah, why don't we do that? Again, yes, thank you to Matt Schneider, everybody behind the scenes here. Thank you to Ken Rogers yes. and NFL Films who 
gave us this great I'll access be wearing to a show. My Hard Knocks shirt proudly. That we so obviously, I hope we express it, adore. And we hope to be back here again next year. Until then, heed the call. All right, let's get in on that. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.